Hi guys, I've just got four very quick announcements for you before we start this week's episode. First of all, apologies in advance for the audio on this episode. We had a few issues, so it does sound a little sketchy. Hope you don't mind sticking with it. Second of all, you will notice that throughout the podcast we refer to it as the short film podcast, which of course it is not. It is all sorts of shorts. This episode was recorded before we decided to change the name to all sorts of shorts, so apologies for any confusion there. Third, our usual release schedule is going to be fortnightly, but this episode is a bit of a special event because we want to get it out ahead of the Queer Fringe Film and Arts Festival this week. Um, so our next episode won't be coming out until Monday the 25th of November. Fourth and finally, on that note, this week is the Queer Fringe Film and Arts Festival. It starts on the 12th of November for about five days and there are some unbelievable events going on. You should all try your best to get down there. Um, some really wonderful films and filmmakers being featured. That's it. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Short Film Podcast, where filmmakers watch and analyse as many short films as we can possibly get our hands on. My name is Bernadetta. I'm a film director and producer. I'm joined tonight by producer and director of photography and Fias Jan. Say hello. Hey, you're right. And producer Jamie Mills. Hello. In this episode, we will be breaking down short films that focus on LGBT plus themes and have been featured at the Fringe Queer Film and Arts Festival, which brings me to welcome our wonderful guests this week, Grant Gudzinski. Please tell us more about you and the festival. We want to hear it. Oh, so, hi, I'm Grant. Nice to meet you all. Hi, Grant. Hello. Um, so I'm here, I'm one of the programmers at the Fringe Queer Film and Arts Festival, and this year we are in our ninth edition. Oh, wow. It all started in 2011 with this need and desire to show queer films that kind of push the boundaries a bit more, a little bit more DIY, a little bit more experimental, and kind of with some real, real heart. We are a family, ever-growing, ever open to new ideas, and ever having a discord, but also a joint love for films. This year, we will be having the ninth edition from the 12th to the 17th of November all around East London. One of our big ethos is, is trying to make films as accessible and open to everyone. So the, you'll see like a huge proportion of our program is free, including all of our short film programs. The things that can get you is when watching a short film, if you can watch a short film that can just like stab you in the heart and like make you be like, right, I'm gonna need like a minute or two yeah, to, process to process this yeah. and think about it and see yourself or potentially see people in the world in a different way. We are a queer film festival, but it's also we are an arts festival. So during the festival, we have some exciting workshops. We have spoken word, we have pottery making, we have a spanking workshop, which, again, sells out I really can't quickly. Even that. <laughs> it's, it's exciting. It's like learning, it's learning not about the fringes of film world or the fringes of the queer world. It's also like the fringes of sexuality, but doing it in a um, consensual, safe space by yeah. people who know this. Um, I have a short film where I'll be premiering like uh, an exclusive, more X-rated cut of a short that I'm working on, okay. which is involved in a social history of poppers program. So the writer of the film, um, the film has popper elements to it. Wait, the... naive person. 
Poppers? Okay. <laughs> so. Bet you didn't think you'd be explaining that. On the, on the show. <laughs> not prepared to talk about poppers. It's not expected to talk about poppers. Um, so, when you're at work, go on Google and type in poppers and get fired. Uh, okay. <laughs> no. So, poppers, poppers are a chemical substance which you can sniff and it will heighten your sexual experience. Oh. Yeah. And so one of our programs, one of our sections is a social history of poppers, uh, where Adam Smith will be walking or guiding the audience through the social history of poppers, then followed by a screening of the film, and then a popper tasting session. And then we go party. And then on the Friday night, something which I am so excited for, and I hope to catch some moments of it, we have a Madonna symposium. Wow. (laughs) Where we talk about the cultural impact of Madonna. Yeah, you touched on so much there. I mean, it sounds so exciting. And like you you touched at one point how the ability that short films can do so much in such a short period of time but still get to you. Um, it's so impressive. So if you do get a chance to go down, please do. It sounds like it's going to be an awesome program. Yeah. How did you get involved with the festival originally? Um, I got involved in the festival originally as I um, used to always attend, being, a, being based in East London and being a gay <laughs> <laughs> and being a filmmaker. It's just seeing the curation and the films and seeing these short film programs that were there and I might have no idea what I'm about to go see but it's going to be worth it so I just kept on coming to the festival and then last year one of my shorts was selected for the festival and as a short filmmaker um, it's such a lovely festival to be part of it's kind of the first time I've ever presented a work and I felt like okay, this feels like it's in the right space. This yeah. feels like the right energy. I'm not someone who likes Q&As, but there I was like, oh, I feel comfortable to yeah. talk about this. And the questions you would get, the audience, the way that the audience engaged, and also the curation of the shorts and how they put together to make a theme and make a program, it was really exciting and wonderful to see. Like, As a queer person, it is the community which is so important to you and these films these filmmakers are kind of being like right this is my space i'm going to take it whether you like it or not and in the films that we have programmed in festival there is this energy of filmmakers who are going and kind of going i'm going to make this film because i need to make this film yeah this is what i need to do this story needs to be told and this urgency comes out on screen and will hopefully as an audience leave you inspired well you just mentioned there like kind of the filmmaking the urgency i know you've made quite a few shorts yourself Mm -hmm. tell us a bit more about that um so i made a short last year called uh, five mermaids in the balkans i went traveling for a few weeks meeting men over grinder and engaging with them and beginning up and building up this discussion about in these communities where openly queer spaces or gay bars kind of do not exist and grinder and dating apps are the only way for people to communicate kind of has it overtly sexualized the nature of the queer community 
And okay. it was a really interesting journey and eye-opening journey to meet these men, discuss and find out how they use an app and what the community like is on the app, especially in comparison to wow. being a Londoner who uses the app where it can be used in a very specific way and I have the freedom and the space to go to gay bars and engage yeah. with a community and you can have something like fringe in an openly public space and be promoted and yeah. come on through. It's it was a real interesting journey. And going back to like this year's festival, what I loved so much about the selection of films that came through was how much of a celebration they are of the queer identity. Yeah these films where it's just like, fuck it, this is who I am, this is yeah. who we are. And they celebrate the beauty of being a queer person and that energy, that vibrancy, that is what is inspiring. Because it definitely feels like there's a tradition in LGBT films or LGBT cinema where it's, they're all tragedies, do you know what I mean? Like there's a very negative and it's always a very tragic and sad story. And I think this link as you were just touching on then, like really powerful about it being a celebration as opposed to a, a kind of tragic story. I mean, obviously there is a lot of hardship within there and there is a lot of tragic stories to tell, but it's interesting to see that shift away yeah, from more of a positive a shift, yeah. It's, as the programming team, because we have all watched a lot of queer work, we are very aware of the tropes and the stereotypes of like in TV of like, oh, the dead lesbian stereotype of, okay, you're gonna create a lesbian couple and then kill one of them off. We're aware of these tropes and these stereotypes and it's one thing where we watch a film, we wanna kind of see something which isn't that. Of course, there are films where it does happen and it makes sense, it makes work, but it shouldn't be the fire and the passion which is leading it. No matter what, we wanna see films which are unashamedly gay, lesbian, yeah. trans, queer, and bisexual, and celebrate that and open it and kind of show that we exist, we belong. So today's short film, first short film, is called Crashing Waves. It was directed and written by Emma Gilbertson. Um, and it kind of focuses on two young working class men who explore the intimacy and kind of vulnerability of relationships um, in a dance and movement. And it's all set in this inner city state. And the whole time there's this feeling of them being watched. Um, here's a clip for you now. So uh, I have seen this film a few times um, through, it was made by Random Acts, who put out some of the most incredible short works and create a platform for young up and coming short filmmakers to make interesting work within yeah. the confinements of three minutes, which is a challenge which to tell a narrative in three minutes takes a lot. But from the programming sense, if we can see a really strong three-minute short, it's like a soccer punch or like a perfect yeah. song yeah. that comes in. Um, so I noticed that there is more and more dance films coming about, which is great to see as I cannot dance and know nothing about dance. 
but it's great to watch. Um, what I love about this film is the way that it manages to balance this beautiful choreography and this tenderness and sense of emotion. And then in a few little snapshots of scenes and seconds, it takes you into memories and experiences that even though we may not have had, we relate to. Watching someone's fingertips, the having a cigarette, he says, as a smoker who's trying not to cough so badly right now. <laughs> it's all of these little tender moments which hook you back into this thing, kind of going like, oh, okay, I can't dance and I will never have something as beautiful and poetic as this fantasy here. But I know these feelings. I know these emotions that these men are going through. And this sense of wanting something, having this emotion here, but the environment being a toxic environment where it cannot flourish, it cannot grow, it needs to be secret, it needs to be in the little touches, the little gestures, which is the heartbreaking yeah. element of it. And then right at the end of the film, that call out, that word. Yeah as kind of every gay man knows that they have had like something shouted at them from like a car or across the street or at school, that moment just hits you and cuts through and gives you this emotional resonance that you've seen something so beautiful and there is beauty in the world, but at some points life and environments can be cruel. Yeah. You kind of like fall in love with the whole film and then you kind of get a slap at the end. Of yeah. Like, what, what do you kind this of... This is a film that I brought along and like I really love this film. Like I think I normally do love films which incorporate dance and use dance and movement yeah. to like tell a story. I think it's so powerful that something as like raw as just movement can like convey so much and like everything, the way the two characters interact with each other and the way it's shot and everything, to me it really felt like pure and authentic. I just loved what it captured, and I loved the aspect it brings in at the end of how, like, their environment and society, the pressures that are coming on them, which are stopping them from being themselves. I feel like it's a really powerful message to convey. Yeah. Jamie, did you like it? Yeah, I did really like it. For me, the, the kind of emotional engagement more comes from their performances and the feel that there's a real connection between them through the film. And it's something that I always really love when a filmmaker is able to make you experience something quite viscerally, which I think... Um, managed to do later in this film when they with these kind of quick snapshots and these close-ups and these you know fast intercutting where you're getting you know seeing them talking as grant you were saying with the fingertips and everything it feels it's really evocative and it kind of as you say reminds you of your own personal experiences but also really drags you into the film as you feel their intimacy you know it's it's a very intimate film and it allows you to feel part of that relationship which i think is really powerful um I also love, which we already kind of touched on, the idea of them being observed on this estate. And there's something just about that setting that feels almost a bit dystopian and authoritarian. They're, you know, they're British council estates. You know, you've got these massive kind of grey block high-rises that almost feel a bit Soviet, you know what I mean, in that kind of communist oppressive way. All about, like, tying into that, you know, Big Brother's kind of, like, watching you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and that's a really nice contrast. You know, you've got this beautiful romantic intimacy between them. You know, it's just that oppression surrounding them all that feeling of being watched and observed and, and prevented from really being who they are. I think it's yeah, a really I think it's a really intelligently put together piece of filmmaking because you, you can tell just a lot of thought has gone into the overall concept behind it and it's very well choreographed and all the little details are there but the overall concept I think is really strong. What are your thoughts, Bernie? 
to be able to say that much in three minutes, like Jane was saying, that contrast between, you know, hearing those words, but also being able to kind of like block that out just for like even these like three minutes and kind of enjoy each other's company in the way that they do. It was, yeah, really impressive. And also kind of the, the balls that they had to do it in such a public place, even though they knew that they might be kind of like scrutinized for it, um, was just really, really incredible to see. It, yeah, it's just such a pleasure to watch. Um, I know they kind of like have their arguments within the dance, but that's all part of the relationship they've got. And you could imagine their future kind of together and their past and, and the fact that the filmmakers have been able to get that across in three minutes through a dance, something I've never seen before. Um, so wait, but you interpreted it as like arguments were having during it when they were pulling away from each other? Yeah, yeah, like they had a little like. I saw it as them like being scared of like showing who they are. That's why first thought, but one of them is definitely more kind of forward. I don't, I don't want to use the word. Yeah, yeah, more forward and kind of more like. Confident, yeah. yeah, and he's the one that kind of encourages him to do the dance, and well, I say encourages. He could, he pushes him into the dance. <laughs> um, and at the end, it's the guy in the white that kind of walks away, you know, so he kind of lets himself kind of be part of this. So because of the first time the guy in the white pulls away from the guy in the blue, we're about to see it, um, it cuts to an angle up from the building. And it's a very, like, telephoto shot with the building, like, dirty in the frame. It very much feels like someone's watching in. And, like, he, um, the guy in the white, like, looks around, paranoid, like, scared and worried that there's people watching. I think there's definitely, like, an aggression in the dance, isn't there? And it feels like part of that is tying into this film felt very... On, an, on another level, felt like it was also kind of about masculinity and the expectations of masculinity. And that's part of the reason they feel like they can't be together for feel, for worried about the perception that they're no longer being as masculine as they're supposed to be. And it almost felt like the part of the reason the dance was so aggressive was that in their perception of what they were doing, it's like they're failing to meet those standards of masculinity. And so they're compensating by having this additional aggression and they're, they're trying to prove they are still men within the dance. I kind of interpreted the aggression as kind of their kind of raw desire to be together. Yeah. There is something so classical about them. This is like your Victorian love story of like, oh, we can't be together. Yeah. Quite a love yeah. story. It, is a story as old as time um, and exists and it's a narrative that we always keep coming back to and what I find really interesting about this is you talk about this aggression at the start and this tension it feels like it's following that similar trajectory of this is most probably the 10th 12th time that they've met like there's a there's a story there's a past here mm -hmm. and it's they've said we're never going to see each other again this is done Oh, and now we're here, and you are not going to be like, oh, hi, oh, hi, are you okay? Because that's not how it's going to progress. It's, if you're going to start something, you're going to start something. Yeah. You're going to go clashing into each other. This could be done in a nightclub where you haven't seen someone in a month, and you're like, oh, you're here, and you're hooking up with someone else. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play around with that. <laughs> I'm going to stop that. Um, I've never done that in my life, I swear. <laughs> But you get the sense, and then, but as the dance progresses, you see this push and pull away, you see this push and pull away, and you see the guy in the blue, there is this moment where he leans on him, he puts his weight on yeah. the other guy. It is this sense of vulnerability of, you are gonna trust me, you are gonna look after yeah. me, you are gonna care for me, and then he drops him. And that is the sense of, right, we're done with this, You've, this is your last chance, I'm going, and you see him go, 
and he goes to leave, and then the guy in the white then comes back like, okay, what have I lost? And he comes in and tries to save him, and this balance and this lifting, it all continues and continues. Yeah. And if this was a straight narrative, you might say, or a straight narrative that we're so used to, him lifting him, him building him, this would be the end, and it would all be happy. And that's what it kind of cuts to, yeah. this intimacy, this cutting. But it then just hits you with that shocking truth of, in this environment, in this state, in this time, this narrative is not going to end in the way that would do for a straight couple, potentially. No. It's going to end with a little bit more struggle, and it's either you stay together or you succumb to yeah. the society. Yeah. I think that's why the setting's so perfect, because they're in a position where so many people can watch them, and, and then you realise that they can't be together because of the very people that are watching them and because yeah. the, the, the whole society that's around them. And, and then it's that kind of like shocking fact that it's all, all these different generations and all the people in our society that won't enable, that won't let these guys be together, which is really sad. I love how stripped back so much elements of the filmmaking is. If you look at the grade, there's not that much contrast in the image. There's not that much saturation. It's really like raw is the word that I keep coming back to. Yeah. And it's the same thing with the music. It's not like a big ensemble score. It's really like um, just a few elements of drums, percussions and piano. It really like emphasises it's like just about them. Like nothing else really matters. It's just the focus. It's just on them. I really loved how the filmmakers like approached the story. There's nothing there apart from the dance, um, yeah. apart from these two. And yet it could just convey so much. And it was also like wonderfully edited. Looks there's lots of like speed ramping and slow-mo stuff, but you don't notice it. Looks of it like works so well with the dance yeah. and it's timed perfectly and cut so well together, like the editing really does enhance the performance without you even realising what's going on. I want a cute boy to dance with me and <laughs> 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 We're going to learn how to dance like that first. <laughs> can we mention, because you said you've seen it a couple times before, Grant, can we mention that you didn't enjoy it as much the first few times? Do you mind talking about that? You can say that. Oh, yeah. Okay, so um, I think it's one of those films where when we talk about like the three-minute nature of dance, kind of, I'm like, dance didn't do much for me. Dance doesn't do much for me. So it's my own fault for viewing it, first of all, with that lens of if you know that you're coming into something which doesn't engage with you, your mind somewhat switches off. And okay. that's my loss. Once you watch things a couple of times and you begin to see more of that and you get over your own misgivings towards this, you begin to realise, like, actually, there is something that's causing a reaction there. What is it that's causing the reaction in there? You begin to go into it, you begin to delve into it, and it's those little moments, and then you begin to realise, oh, but only those little moments only work because of everything that has come before. And then you look at, like you said, the technique of it, the way that certain shots have been used. You're watching the clip and you're like, oh my God, they do that over the head shot. And you're like, oh, okay, that's tapping into that. And it's the very economical way that the film has been made where nothing drags, nothing is loose or baggy. Everything is tight and put together and it builds and it builds and it builds for then the moment where it does linger and it does become soft and emotional to then whip it back around again. It's beautifully paced. It just took me a few viewings to enjoy it. I think I definitely look at queer films differently because for me, the, the what I get the most out of queer films is just understanding other people's mindsets and trying to understand those other people's mindsets. 
I can't even imagine being in someone's shoes and kind of, am I in the right like body? And so I feel like these films are so brilliant. It's giving me an insight, mm. yeah. Okay, today's second film is called Serene. Um, it's directed by Zara Dwinger. Um, I brought this film along. And it's a coming-of-age film about confusion, friendship, and becoming who you are. Here is a clip of it now. Roze villa met heel veel dieren, met panthers en tijgers en apen en vlinders. <laughs> en thuis bieden komen met de hele dag alleen maar kung fu films. Kung fu films? Ja, kung fu films. <laughs> so, the main reason I brought this film along was because it shines light on a topic that I haven't experienced personally. And it helped me understand what it is like going through a change. So I really, I love so much about this film. I love the simplicity of the film. And yet it explores so much and really kind of gets you to understand the character in a way that is so intimate and so understand the situation. And the thing I love most about this film, it focuses just on him. There's none of that, oh, coming out to his family or there's none of that him in a relationship. It is just about him, which I, I think is, is done so perfectly. I think it also explores his friendships as well quite a bit. His friendship with Melody and his friendships with his group of guy friends. And I think it paints juxtapositions between those different friendships, showing what he needs in his life, like what sorts of friends he needs right now in this time of his life. Like, I think it highlights that as well. I think we, as in the three of us, have, have talked about another film by Zara Dwinger before on one of the test records for this podcast. We talked about Live, um, which I think we all really loved. And there's parallels to that film. Uh, again, it's also a coming-of-age film. And I think what uh, the director, Zara, is, is exceptionally talented at is capturing what it's like to be a teenager and bringing that to life um, in a really cohesive way, not just in terms of the, the script and the performances and the narrative, but also just the visual style and the, and the, sound, and the sound design and everything. It, this really feels like being a teenager again. You know, those extremities of emotion and that romance and that everything you experience is 100% intense as it possibly could be, and that's what she really captures with this film. As much as it's a film about him exploring his identity and um, realizing he's trans or potentially realizing he's trans or somewhere along that spectrum. Um, it also feels like very fundamentally a film about the challenges of communicating when you're a teenager because you don't really realize what's going on with you internally. You don't necessarily fully understand that. And also you kind of don't have the emotional skills anyway to communicate that even if you did understand it. And then to add a whole other layer for him is in, he's surrounded by people where he can't communicate that. You know, I'm sure if he went to his friends and tried to explain what he was experiencing, you know, his, his guy friends that he's doing the bikes with and getting drunk with and stuff, or he's definitely been conditioned to feel like they wouldn't be understanding, that his family wouldn't be understanding, that he can't speak about those things to anyone. And that's why his relationship to Melody feels so important to him. And, and you, But you see him pull back even in that relationship. Again, he's kind of conditioned to not express these thoughts and not express these emotions. And when he kind of is in an environment where actually it would be okay for him to, or he would be safe to do that, he's still struggling to do it. And as much as it is about his coming, the main character's coming to terms with his gender identity, it feels very universal about, to anyone who was a teenager struggling to deal with something that they didn't know how to express properly and whether they could express it in the community they were in or with, with the people they were in. I think it like highlights, as a teenager, like how scared you are of what other people think of you and how like you're always trying to impress other people. You don't want to do anything that might segregate you from your group. When thinking about this film, it is her, it's exactly what you said, like so much of it focuses on the protagonist and their journey and 
their experience and what I liked about it was not that it was just exploration of gender identity it was also the exploration of sexuality identity and when you are a teenager with all of these hormones running through you you do get a sense of not just the question of gender there is the question of sexuality there is the question of being it's the question of just identity on a general whole the whole big spectrum it's like am I a man who is attracted to men or am I actually a trans woman who's attracted to men or am I a trans woman who's attracted to women there is this whole entire spectrum and this journey and this search for identity here to go through that as a teenager and to be made in a film which is so subtle and building Mm. and slow it's a long shot but it's a slow burn it follows the tropes of your classic like teenage rites of passage coming of age films it follows all those tropes but putting it on an experience that is not really shone a light on and also put it on an experience which doesn't feel gimmicky it feels sincere it feels real it feels full of a lot of not having the answers but exploring yourself and just trying as much as you can as the protagonist can be to be true to themselves and you as the audience watching this journey you touched on something there that i thought was really interesting which is the subtlety of it and it's just interesting you first start making short films and you want to explore a theme there's this instinct to be really blatant about it do you know what I mean? You want to put it front and centre. You want every single character to explain explicitly the ethical dilemma they're facing. And this this film feels like it should be shown to every single person making a short film for the first time because it's like, no, no, that's not how you do it. You do it. It's in the background. You know, the narrative progresses and then no one at any point during this film explicitly talks about those issues. But as an audience, we understand it. And, and I think it's so, again, really intelligently put together. Whenever you watch a film, to a certain extent, you project yourself into it and you project the views and the journey into yourself to relate to something is how you connect with it what I loved about this film it's the sense of coming to my own terms of sexuality it wasn't just I woke up one day and I'm like yes I'm gay now (laughs) it is this journey it is this slow build it is this exploration it's trying things out it's a lot a lot of questioning but again so much of it is to do with society and the people around you and having the space to explore that without having to rigidly be put into something of you are straight, you are gay, you are bi, you are this. What I think can be learned from this film and through watching a person go through this experience is as society to give one another space to explore ourselves and to go on our own journeys and not be so rigidly bound to constructs which needs to put us into a box when this character is going through their journey you can see that all the struggles that they face are the internal struggles which we will always have to like the day we die because we're humans we like to struggle (laughs) (laughs) and to be reflective on ourselves but it's also the struggles which could have been avoided or could have been pushed away or not needed are the social struggles the contextual struggles which we put on people imagine this story where the environment was like oh okay cool chill you can do that chill you can do that but as teenagers we are all about 
putting things into like yeah. we're trying to understand ourselves therefore yeah. we need some clarity in the world therefore black needs to be black white needs to be white we need that type thing um and you try and fit yourself into like the narrative that you see in mainstream cinema all the yeah. time that you know by this age you'll do this and this age you'll do this and this is when you'll go on your first date with a boy and by this time you should have done this without actually thinking is that right for me you know but you don't think about it until you kind of well at least a, a lot of us don't think about it until you reflect back and you're like yeah. why did I force myself into those kind of like situations when it wasn't right for me at the time yeah. and this film kind of shows that you know it's okay to do things your own way and yeah. have your own adventure it's with all like the kissing in the film is there some cute kissing um, <laughs> it's all of it happens of yes if I was this character I would have kissed that person in that situation because yeah. that is what felt Right. And then the reaction um, from the lead character a few days later when they are at that party outside and they just go up to this girl and kiss her. And you're just like, oh, okay, I can see why that cause and effect is there. It's yeah. the testing and the pushing things. It's the belief of, like, this is what I should be doing yeah. as a teenager. And this film captures it so beautifully and talking about beauty it's still so really beautifully shot yeah yeah, yeah. it's such a beautifully <laughs> shot film everything is there the space the rhythm the energy and the pace to just let it flow but i think the two things that really stand out for me in this film are the beauty of it and how it creates this fantasy of a teenage like I wish my teenage years were as beautifully art-directed as that. Great <laughs> <laughs> one. That was the dream. That was the dream. I was not that well-dressed as a teenager. And, <laughs> and like my that. hair was not that gorgeous. I know. I'm like, yeah, teenagers nowadays, they, all, they always seem so much more trendy. It's scary. And yeah. I also wish I had a field to walk around in. Um, uh, but it's also the main thing. It's, it's the lead performance the lead performance because so much of it is on them it is yeah. their body their face them alone they are in pretty much every single frame and to put that trust and faith into such a young performer as well yeah it's difficult it's difficult and i would love to know more how the director got this performance yeah. out of them as it is it's an incredible performance i think this film's like a perfect example of show and don't tell we never get the lead character explain like what's going on in their head. We just see the actions that they do and like the decisions that they make. And as the audience, we like interpret why they're doing that. We're putting our own projection into it and explaining through our mind, but also like making judgments, knowing like understanding like, this decision probably was because of this. I feel like it's such a great way to make a film where you're encouraging the audience to be active, filling all the gaps. You're not explaining everything to them. You're showing them different decisions being made. I want to go back to the beautifully shot thing as well, because of, um, like, cinematography is beautiful, and I think a lot of it is often backlit, literally every single scene, all the key lights always, the far side of the camera, and it works so well for this aesthetic. I'm creating, like, a beautiful rim light on the character, and the main character, Kay, like, when the sun's passing through his hair, it always looks so gorgeous, like, I really love the way it was shot. Yeah. But... Yeah, I really enjoyed this film. I enjoyed the themes it explored. Really well made. These friends yeah. in frame, the camera's always so much quicker. It's, like, shakier. It kind of, even from the beginning, there, was, there is that kind of, like, um, quirkiness about the camera. But whenever it's just the protagonist on its own, it kind of slows down quite a bit and lets you kind of enjoy him, if that makes sense. Yeah. As in, like, him on screen and kind of, like, lets you think with him and, you know, it lets you go on this journey with him, which I think is, yeah, I mean, it's such an honour. 
And I think it does that by making it really universal, which I think is what we've touched on, is that it, it makes it feel like, by tying it into that kind of general feeling of teenage angst and that teenage uncertainty and that teenage extremity, everyone can relate to that. And then it's only a small, it's a much smaller jump, I think. If you're on a, a journey with your gender identity and you're trying to explain that to someone else and you go in cold, it's, it's quite challenging because it's quite a distinctive experience or it's quite a unique experience, I think, that often people find hard to relate to. But when you've got that jumping in point, it allows you to connect to it in a much understandable way, in a much more emotional way. You can kind of get a, a, at least a very limited emotional insight into what's happening because you're much closer to it in terms of you're connecting it with personal experiences that I think everyone has. Because even, I mean, even the, uh, what was the name of the friend? Melody. Melody, even Melody. You know, when they're doing that dancing, she's doing what she thinks she should be doing at that time, if that makes sense. I mean, she might be just acting because it felt right, but you kind of, you see a glimpse of, you know, her struggle as a teenager as well, which I think is done quite cleverly. Yeah, it's the beauty of the autonomy of all the characters, not just the lead character. Like, everyone yeah. has their own, like, okay, this is my journey, this is my trajectory, my world is not fully based. They're not all reactory characters, but I'm like, everything I do is a reaction to you. It's like, no, this is my own journey. And that is what is true about life. We are not reactory yeah. characters. Like, we react to people's actions, but we all have our own autonomy. Yeah. yeah. So, our last but not least film is called Moon. The director and animators are Mafa Lopez and Borega Vidua. Borega Vidua. I'm very sorry if I've mispronounced that. <laughs> um, it's an animated short. You know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to play a clip. Why did you bring it along? What did you love about it? Tell us more. This is a frustrating film for me to try and justify because I think sometimes there's films that there's no like logical justification for loving this film. Do you know what I mean? Because it's it's unbelievably simple. I feel like we've said that about every film so far, but this is compared to the others on a different level of simplicity. It's so stripped back and it's you know there's no dialogue, there's nothing. It felt it was just very emotional. It felt very peaceful. It felt watching it without wanting to sound too grandiose about it. It felt like being in a relationship. There was a coziness to it and a warmth yeah. to it, and it it just and, a, and again an intimacy to it. It just felt very sweet and soft and gentle. It was just a really enjoyable watching experience. I love the animation style. It's it, it's just doesn't try and be anything about it. It's not either. This is a film that is exactly what it's trying to do. It does that really well. It does it in a really short space of time and then it gets out. And there's something really admirable about it. You know, it's not trying to be all things to all people. It's, I'm going to do this. Some people will like it, some people won't. I, yeah, I think it's really good. I really enjoyed it. If I ask you, what, do you, what did you like about it? What did you... I kind of get where you come from, Jamie. As in, like, when I watched it, I enjoyed it, but I didn't really understand why I was enjoying it. Like, I liked the animation style and, like, how the split screen was done and, like, the wave of waves move from like, the beach and things like that. I really liked the music as well. It, yeah, it felt, like, comfortable and enjoyable to watch. But I don't think I fully followed the story as much as... I should have. And so, like, I've got a lot of questions about it, which I'll ask when we delve into it. But I enjoyed it, but I'm not really sure why. Grant, you know, this was your favourite film of this week. Yeah, this why. was my favourite. <laughs> um, through programming for Fringe, the thing I've learned is the beauty of queer animation. With animation, you get to make up the rules. You get to create something. You get to start from scratch 
and build and the audience are here to play along with your game and play along with your rules it's just a simple love story about two people who are the furthest ends away that they can be do we kind of fully know where they are no not really the moon's involved you can go into so many details and intricacies and just trying to like make sense of the logic of it all and the filmmaker has done a great job at building that logic and building this world but what sticks out about it is the love and the tenderness with animation the, the playfulness of it when it goes to that footage not found it and you're like oh okay that's like that's funny that's amusing like you can they're doing something playful and imaginative yeah. there but this is just such a tender emotional thing and you're watching it just kind of going these are some shapes on a screen <laughs> in the form of a body but with no like distinguishable like yeah. eyes or anything like that there's no face that you're seeing and we've watched two the previous two films have very much been about the face the body the movement something very much being understandable physical that we can touch and then we have something which is a million miles away from that in a sense where it's just more shape without those visceral details that we're so used to with the flesh but still it gives me the most emotion <laughs> and feelings because yeah. it's all done in these gestures of just like eating, being alone, using the space. What did you think of it, Benny? So the thing that I love the most about this film is its depiction of loneliness, and yet they're not lonely, if that makes sense. It's showing everything about, you know, how they're lonely, and it has like, for instance, you know, always put them in like separate sides of the screen, so they should be together, but instead there's like a very blatant kind of like emptiness where that person isn't. So it, it's showing them in this incredibly lonely setting, but because it connects the two so well, the longing they have for each other is so connected. And the fact that, you know, for instance, when they're both looking at the moon at the same time, there is that constant connection. That's what gives the warmth about it. And yet they're alone, but it feels like they're together. And so if anyone's like ever experienced a long distance relationship, I think it captures it so well. All you're doing is kind of like noticing the absence of the other person and trying to figure out how to get back to that other person. So that other person is constantly there on your mind, but so physically absent I think that's what this film like really really captures um, and so when they finally kind of do get together it's such a relief yeah. <laughs> to me I interpreted it as these were like two separate people who were alone at the start and then they find each other and come together and uh, I didn't really get the journey of how they came together like the majority of people nowadays meet online mm. they meet in these discussions they meet in these talks and the tangent conversations that you have when you're meeting with someone online and you're talking to the thing and kind of just like this stream of thought when you're like whatsapping or messaging with someone where it's like la 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 you're talking absolute rubbish like <laughs> if you were with that person you would not be asking like what's your favourite flavour of ice cream yeah I like vanilla oh I like this da 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 and tell me about yeah. this type of thing but when you're communicating it's just this desire to keep carrying on this conversation and it's the freedom in this space to just enter and open and ask things which you wouldn't do in the flesh and the face. Like, comes down to the simple thing of we go through this, we go through it all. Simple fact is, I want to be with you. And yeah. how do I get that to happen? Yeah. I, mean, I think this is so interesting because for me, this kind of, when it came up, I was like, oh my God, how do they, they've got this so well. So you mentioned how it, for you it was kind of like related to like the online dating and that kind of experience. For me, it was like when, when I am away from my boyfriend, the conversation is just so much longer. And, and the fact that they captured that, I was like, oh my God, yeah, it's like, the thread is like so long. Like, how did they, they just got it so perfectly. Now that, like, 
I get the long distance thing, I'm kind of interpreting this as her, like, almost on Google, searching a bunch of different questions, like, trying to keep her mind off being apart from her partner. Yeah. And then yeah, that's, she finally yeah. gets to the key question that she really wants to know. Yeah. Um, the thing that's actually important to her. I think this section one. is so... I think it's so fast because it's for you to interpret it in your own experience yeah. of lone distance. My favourite shot in this is of the... Earlier on in the film when they were both cycling separately. Mm. So one of them's on the actual bike. I mean, it's just a really funny shot in isolation anyway. But I, it's nice because it's like when you're apart from someone and you're trying to still create a sense of intimacy and you're still trying to, like, still feel like you're doing things together, I guess. Yeah. Like, if you're in a long-distance relationship, you're trying to watch the same show at the same time, <laughs> so that it feels like you're together, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it reminded me of that, and it feels like the absurd lengths you sometimes go to to try and feel like you're still you're still together and you're not, you know, miles away from each other. My, my dad used to like work in London over the weekends, and my mum was all up north. Because they're up north, there's less cinema screenings and such. And so mum would see whatever film was on at the cinema, tell dad what time it is and what film it is. And so they'd go see it. He'd choose which, like, film screening in London is showing it at the same time. <laughs> so they'd go into the cinema at the same time, but two different, like, places, yeah. watch the film, and then go for, like, a meal or a drink after whether they would like discuss the film like a week and stuff, but it'd just be on the phone. But because they've had the shared experience of going to see the same film at the same time, that they could like talk about it and stuff. They're very like, they love their date nights and they're very like kind of old school when it comes to that. But um, it's adorable. <laughs> Did it ever go wrong? Did one of them ever go see the wrong film? <laughs> um, I don't know. Not from memory, really. <laughs> I, I can imagine my dad would be like, oh, you know, yeah, I want to see that too, but you could have, like, secretly gone to see something like he wanted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. Well, thank you, Grant, so much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, um, and you've offered, like, so much insight that potentially we wouldn't have gotten without you. Um, thank you so much for that. Thank you to you guys for listening and for, you know, joining us on this adventure. Um, if you want to get in contact, well, you can find me on Instagram at Bernie Bange. Matthias, you can find you. I'm on Instagram, Matthias Chan. It's M-A-T-T-H-I-A-S-D-J-A-N. Grant, if people want to, like, continue the conversation, where's the best place to kind of get in contact with you? I would say um, to get in contact with me, it would be at Grant Gorjinski, which have fun trying to spell. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it in the description of, of the episode, yeah. <laughs> but for all your information about Fringe and the wonderful stuff that we are going to be putting out on the dates of November 12th to the 17th, as I've said repeatedly. Um, um, find us at, at Fringe Film Fest on Twitter or on Instagram, or go to our website, fringefilmfest.com. We look forward to having you with us and watching tons of short films. Please do go down if you get the chance. There's nothing better than kind of watching shorts and films with other people, like-minded people, and kind of celebrating everything new and wonderful that's coming out. Um, final thoughts on the episode. Matthias, shoot. <laughs> That's very vague. You did not give him any lead in time. Uh, any specifics there. You were just you... threw him properly in the deep end. <laughs> I love it. No, no, no. Matthias, go. <laughs> I'm going to try and think of something that I've learned today from these short films about filmmaking. Okay. Um, I, can, I can do something if you want. Yeah. Let me take the... Jamie, shoot. Um, thank you. Um, I think no maybe I don't have anything actually I, maybe I've I'll... got something now. okay go you go <laughs> so I think with all the short films 
um, on this episode, like, they didn't try and explain too much to you. They left room for you to put your own thoughts and interpretations into it. They left it open for you to work out what the characters are going through and where their mindset is. And I think that's a really important thing to try and do in your films. Grant, anything that you want to say about all the films or kind of lasting thoughts on the LGBT plus representation on screen? I think it was, it's found interesting to hear um, three heterosexual opinions on these works and to see how these stories relate and also educate and give an insight into an experience which is not your own but you can empathize with so yeah just that would be my lesson on the back of that actually in my previous filmmaking experience like i've had a tendency to overemphasize the theme that i was trying to explore and often get too far into that rabbit hole and forget to make it a universal experience and that's what i think all these films do and and then enable you to understand that theme better. I think, yeah, that's a really thing, a really important thing to bear in mind as a filmmaker. And there's some really great insight. And I feel like we, I feel like I've learned a lot watching these films. I struggle to say that in a way that I meant it sincerely. I struggle to say that in a way that sounded sincere. <laughs> I feel like I learned a lot watching these films, which is great. That's a lot of better. And from and from me, just a huge fun, like a huge, huge thank you to all the filmmakers out there who are sharing their experience, experiences that many people will never kind of experience themselves and understand, and helping us understand often gorgeous and beautiful journeys that we all go through. Please keep filmmaking. Share your story. I want to see it. We all want to see it. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Grant, for being on the show. Go go to the festival, the Fringe Queer and Arts Festival. Bye from us. See you next time. <laughs> You've been listening to All Sorts of Shorts. Your hosts were Bernadette Bange, Matthias Jan, and Jamie Mills. The episode was edited by Samuel McGowan, and the producer was Jamie Mills.